Welcome back to A Tales of Two Bros. I am Angel. I'm Adon. And this is our series review of Masters of the Universe Season 2 and He-Man and the Masters of the Universe Season 1, both on Netflix. You have the power. I have the power. You have the power. You have the power. You have the power. You have the power. Everyone has the power. Okay, Oprah. Spoilers, just in case you haven't seen it. So just be forewarned. For those who are first-time viewers or listeners, we're not pros at this. We're just fans of the, so many genres of the action genre, the cartoon genre, sci-fi, all that stuff. So don't hold it against us. It's just our opinion, like you have yours. All right. Now, I just finished watching season two of Kevin Smith's Master of the Universe. Overall, good, but not as good as season one. I felt the other way around. Really? Why is that? For season one, it felt like it was lacking some stuff. It was a lot of world building. And it was like, for those who are not familiar with Eternia, the characters, it was, they're literally meant to be one season. First of all, let's just clear it out of the way. When you watch yeah. both of them in succession, it makes sense as one season. In mm-hmm. part two, though, if you just know, like, okay, season one just gets to this point that they lost uh, Eternia's now in, like, end of world times. They're losing the magic. He-Man died. Uh, Skeletor died. Uh, after years later, they uh, tried to reclaim the magic. And Skeletor resurrects himself magically. And in the process, you know, gains the power of Grayskull. Right there, I just summed up the entirety of season one. I can go into season two just fine, putting a couple pieces together. This one, season two, had, in my opinion, more action. There was more intensity. I could be wrong uh, for season two. For me, I felt like season one had more action. Really? You're right. Yes, you're right. I mean, I guess we have to go back and check our original review. It literally Um, opened up with that well, granted, they both opened up with action on the first episode. Well, yeah, it, it, and it comes right off the end of season one. Mm-hmm. Just pick up right from there. But I just felt there was more action. Yes, there was world building mm-hmm. in the first season, but it just felt more action in every season. I mean, there's one episode on this season, there's no action at all. None. Episode yeah. three, the gutter rat. It's just telling stuff. I mean, it could be, if you want to consider where Evil Lynn is, getting chased that's action which was like really nothing yeah you want to consider that then that's fine but like here on the average each episode it was like 25 minutes each episode if you don't count the end credits like i don't Mm -hmm. the longest action there was it was multiple things going on but it was about 13 minutes in the last episode that was like about 30 minute episode with 13 minutes of action and it was good because it had multiple things going on but to me, I was not as excited or wasn't learning anything new or and well, the, yeah. some other characters. In the first season, there was like new characters or revisiting old characters into this new version. Yeah, they were the revisiting for old characters into the story. Here, not so much. But we but got more I mean, Skeletor. You, that's definitely true. And more He-Man. No. Yeah. No, we did. No, we got we got Prince Adam. That's how much he meant. No, uh, we had more Prince Adam in the first mm-hmm. se- part or first first season because remember he only turned into He Man on the first episode where he died, and then uh, after that he was in Night Eternia. Um, they were at version heaven. of heaven, <laughs> right? And uh, that's where we get Prince Adam again. 
And they and they even say that like he could have came back as He Man, but no, he stayed as Prince Adam. Here in uh, season mm-hmm. two, we, not only did we get more Prince Adam than what we did in season one, we also get He Man, Ops, obviously, and mm-hmm. uh, we get Barbarian He Man or Savage He Man, which was also that a real thing. That's a real thing. That a real that, thing. That, that was from the uh, the He Man comics where oh. he, he goes back in time, and so that was the actual thing that happened there too. Okay. And we get Skeletor. So I, that was one of the biggest arguments that a lot of people had for part one. You're like. How can you have Masters of the Universe with essentially no Skeletor and mm-hmm. no He-Man? It, you know, you might as well be calling it at that point a She-Ra show when they were originally advertising as like He-Man. Wow. Well, let's say that for later on the final episode. That we Which saw. I also had a problem with that, too, for the last well, bit of the episode. I, well, I thought it was cool. Cause it, it, okay. It's cool, so but anything, then oh, I was like, mm, okay. Well, I was just thinking, are they going to marry the two? But uh, and bring them together. But not well. Don't marry the two. This the concepts. Cousins or their concerts or cousins or uh, uh, brother and sister separated. They're Luke and Leia. Well, uh, no, technically, cousins. Technically, uh, she was supposed to be his cousin. But right. the way they were doing Tila, yeah, yeah. Well, I remember when we first originally did the first season, we thought, or I thought, that they were grooming Tila to be she as to be his well, replacement. Well, not just Shira, but the master of the universe. Yeah. We knew she was related to the sorcerers. There was hints. Yeah, there was strong hints. And then we find that out. In part two. Th- Definitely early on into the second half of the season uh, where right. they, they were like, uh, we find out Man at Arms had a little thing with uh, the sorcerers. Before that happened, I, th- I don't think she was that yet the sorcerers yet she didn't commit but i guess she was asked to do it or no no it, they they I, showed in the episode that she committed after tila was born i guess it was just her duty to take up the helm but anything else i'm sorry because i know i cut you off but you were saying that you did like this season for because of why because it had a, a better pace or that's it i felt like it had a better pacing like I, I like I was not feeling like I was drifting off more. I was more intrigued into it. Um, they had some good shock moments, like uh, like when they. I knew they were gonna bring in Orko, but I didn't know where or how. I'm like Orko is mm. dead, and then they, right. they resurrect everybody. I'm like that's cool. The bit about Beast Man that was a little bit too much for me. When he became actual Beast. Yeah, he he was like, I'll be whatever you want me to be. And he, although I could see the parallels between his relationship with Evelyn as well as Evelyn's relationship with Skeletor, I could actually, uh, yeah. and I, I could see that as like she was just be, she became what she hated about Skeletor in that in those moments. It was a love triangle, obviously, but mm-hmm. no one really knew Skeletor liked Evelyn, but only for more like serve his purpose she hated him but he served a purpose for her beast man loved evil lynn but she had no interest in him she became what she hated mm-hmm. she just went over and beyond because she wanted to destroy everything she went total extreme oh yeah no absolutely in that but like there was the those things were still there you know right. like and she was taking all her frustrations out on everyone else of what she had dealt with over time. And so I was seeing that in there. I will say one of my favorite moments was when uh, Skeletor and He-Man teamed up. And uh, it, it was before they changed. And he goes, look, Evelyn, 
He's like, I bought Panther. You don't you miss him? And you like you see that he has so much more affection for Panther than anyone right. else. And then she kills mm-hmm. him. And it's like the most emotional Skeletor has ever seen. He goes, I'll kill you. And he's like, and he just goes crazy trying to fight her. That sums up their relationship and his mentality that he will put the very steed that he rides and the animal that he's, uh, you know, would arguably say is a pet over the lives of anybody else. But I don't remember seeing Panther in the first season. He was there for a moment. It was like, uh, okay. it was just like for a brief moment, like uh, he was riding him or something like that. In the first review or review of our first season, Mm-hmm. That I told you that Skeletor got really big when he changed, you know, above Grayskull, like gigantic. He's like, no, I think that's more for effect. But yet he does it. So I was like, aha, I was right. He can do that. Um, mm-hmm. And Evelyn does it too. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you this. When she turned into Grayskull, Evelyn, mm-hmm. hot. I don't deny that. Hot. Although I was, I questioned, like, design was, why the, the short hair? I don't know. I didn't like and the short she, hair. And when she turned back, when she re- released the power of Grayskull, her hair, her hair was still short. That was the her, weird thing. Her, yeah. Her costume design was really cool. I like that when her, she opened the cape, it was like the galaxy or the cosmos. It was showing that she was everything. She was, she was like, everything. I've attained uh, omnipotent power. Anything else that you liked um, before we go to anything we disliked? I think the animation for the fights were better. Great example. When he goes to Savage He-Man form. And he's fighting Skeletor. It's arguably like Incredible Hulk style, but they're like the the. Yes, that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh my god, he's he's Hulk here. There's, there's yeah, he's not really thinking. He's grunting and yeah, and he's huge. He's bigger than ever before, and yeah. bigger than Skeletor. But the animation with it, like the fight scene, looked great. And I'm like, if you turned him green, I would have been like, this would have been a great Incredible Hulk fight scene. I'm sorry. There are some scenes or animation that remind me of anime. Yeah. It also reminded me of like the opening scene credit of Thundercats. I can't remember where, but it was like purple lasers or something like that that was grabbing onto something. It, it looked like something from Thundercats. And I was like, oh, not the dungeon. Yeah, that right? and and Silver Hawk. You know when they they put the, the in the opening credits, they always have the animations like the up level. Yeah, no. And then the, the then the story is like crap. It, it was it was like a professional grade animation around that time. Right. And then the uh, after the opening credits, like you could tell it dropped like about two bars. For me, my favorite episode was the origin story of Evil Lynn. Had no action. No one knows her origin in that detail. So it was kind of cool to see. And I, Savage He Man was awesome. I enjoyed all of that. It also reminded me also when he's coming down the kill the king and he's sliding down the trees mm-hmm. i thought of tarzan disney's tarzan when he's surfing oh, down yeah. the trees <laughs> because his hair is long he's wearing a loincloth he's jacked up doing the, you know it's very agile he's going through but the best moment for me was the return of orko orko was a boss in both season Dude, one and two the way he came back and he's like multiple orcos it was, it's, you was know, like, it's like it's like a watchman because they were all operating on their same mind at the same time mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. It's, it's like uh dr manhattan he has multiple versions of himself but oh this yes orco is just more entertaining at first when i saw the, the tassel or the uh, or the belt i was like what is that that's orco and then he comes up and he shows up as like again a boss on this one for me that was the best part of the of the second season 
oh, every time he did a, like a special power or he bolted, mm-hmm. the same sound effect, I don't know if you caught it, is from the original He-Man series when he did like a magic trick or... Oh, no, I missed yeah, that. Yeah, you heard it. It was there. It was, it was not subtle, but it wasn't that like in your face or in your ears. It's from that little honor of the original series. In the last episode where, again, Skeletor says that the famous battle cry. That's his battle cry towards He-Man. Let this be our final battle. I don't want to say that was what he did in the actual series. I, I, I that's a an homage to Masters of the Universe, the, the movie, right? But he also said it in the first season, and that's true. And and I did like when Skeletor, like everything after everything is done, Skeletor is still going after He Man, and He Man's like, "Dude, this is not about you and me." And he just tosses him, yeah, and I was true. like, "This shows that Skeletor is very limited." Yeah, Evil Lynn. She was more like visionary, more seeing the bigger picture. You could also say that that was his strength in a way because it's because he has that singularity of focus that he just wants to be superior to the one that was He-Man and gain that Mm -hmm. power. It gives him that drive and focus there. It's very limiting in that aspect. He can't see beyond it. It's like he has blinders. But Mm -hmm. when he was given all that power and he goes into the sorceress's thing, he sees the... I guess they show the multiverse. It's like looking into the abyss and you know how the saying goes, like when you look into the uh, abyss, you know, it looks back and, or something like you don't blink or something like that. He didn't, he didn't blink. Evil Lynn, he took her in. She looked along with him. She blinked. And then she's like, I, I, this is nothing. This is futile. This is like inevitable. Like we're all, you know, we all might as well die. And, and, right. and, that's, well, and she- that's where she gets that. He, he knew that he did that to her. And of course it's, it's extreme. Her mm-hmm. vision becomes twisted. I caught an Easter egg. I'm not sure if I ever seen it in any of the regular original series, but He-Man's on a saucer. And that reminded me of the movie. Uh, also, speaking of the, the movie, you know that there were characters in the movie that only existed in the movie, right? Yeah. And like the, tro- like the troll. And uh, the I want to say that one of the hunters that they had in the movie with the, he had the blades on his side of the face. He was like the only humanoid, human looking guy because remember they they had the the lizard guy and the beast man Mm -hmm. but they Mm -hmm. weren't beast man and they weren't like the other ones and then they had one guy who just looked normal and i want to say that guy wasn't a character from the show but they put him into the cartoon oh they did yeah he was in the dungeon when they were uh uh trying to capture uh man at arms oh you're talking about the the two characters the little one and the big one they're like fighting yeah, I want to say Tila. I think he was like a third one, but yeah, I could be wrong. It's been no, a, no, there was like a, my defense yeah, has been a minute since I seen this season, but uh, oh, because yeah, there was two episodes. One, I mean, two episodes. There was two characters in that when an arms escaped. Yeah. and Tila's there. It was uh, with uh, Andra, her sidekick. Mm-hmm. He looked that, like a bald version of Shredder. He's from the movie. Yeah, he's in the movie. His character's in the movie. Oh, oh, cool. Ah, yeah, I guess I guess that's a, that's a nice Easter egg there. Also, another thing that I saw that I heard. That Skelter says to He-Man after everything is all done that he still wants to fight He-Man. He says, I will not be ignored. When I heard that line, I went straight to Clank Close and Fatal Attraction. I mean, it's arguably the same kind of thing. Sometimes they put stuff in movies and shows as Easter eggs and to do it just to have fun with it or it could be accidental. Well, I mean, I I, I feel like Mark Hamill doing improv like that and... That could be a thing. I mean, honestly, like um, around that time when uh, they were having that moment, like he literally tells He-Man, he's like, uh, because you, like you said, he's like, why are we fighting? 
He tells the He-Man, he's like, our one chance of beating her is out. Have you seen her? We're all going to die. And if we're going to die, I'm taking you down first. That's his mentality. He's like, he wants to be the guy who takes out He-Man. Who was also like that of which he played? The Joker. Yeah. No one else could take down the Batman. It was the Joker's responsibility to take down the, the Batman in that way. Either kill him or make him break because that was the Joker's goal. So you can see that similarities here then. If that's what you're saying. That's that's where I'm seeing it. Oh yeah, no, the similarities are definitely there. And then it's voiced by the same actor. Mm-hmm. The last scene of the season. The end credit scene. Right. Well, right. it wasn't really an end credit scene because it happened before the credits and it should have been it could have, yeah. It was a perfect Marvel moment. This is true. They could have done like a like wait like mid credit or post credit scene, and they right. did it like a pre credit scene. It was a little bit out of place. I I know what you're talking about. Yes. I can't remember the the villain's name. Yeah, and it's escaping it's, me it's right related. now because I was thinking about it. But they uh, yeah. it had to do with Motherboard and Shira. I enjoyed that episode a lot more because of that and scene. It got me excited to see cool how they're gonna do this. How are they gonna bring her in, mm-hmm. or are they not gonna bring her in yet and just focus now on the next fatty coming into play? And then it probably at the end of the third season, we'll probably get a little introduction of Shira. And, and that was a thing that caught me off guard because I was like, I was certain if they were gonna spin off and not have Skeletor be a villain, I thought it was gonna be Skull Glow. But he mm-hmm. was taken down. Yeah, but like he could have came back because like you know you can make the argument the veil between you know the underworld and their world has been broken mm-hmm. because of the evil in yada yada yada, but now they're going more into the motherboard thing. I was like, oh, okay, so they're not. They just had him as a bad guy who was supposed to be a big bad. He got burned like twice by Orko. Orko was just a badass, and 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 I'm sorry, I when he was about to go back to heaven. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, which was, evil was, saves Yeah, him. she saves him. But the, that's the funny thing is like the one character of any uh, mythos of He-Man who we all know he has power, but like he's never been known as Orko the Badass. In the original series, he was like comic relief. Pretty much. I did have some quips and it was just the queen. For some reason, the voice didn't match. It felt she felt like she was the same age as Tila, the voice. Oh, for the voicing? Right. It didn't sound mature. It didn't sound experienced. And we come to find out that she was a badass herself because she could, She was a pilot and she fought. But what I'm saying is the voice played by the girl from Clueless. Alicia Silverstone? But she sounds as, as old as Tila, who's played by Sarah Michelle. Yeah, Sarah Michelle Geller. It would just been better, I think, if you had a woman that was more experienced in the voice you know she's like my age yeah well i mean like you're talking about like the the way that she portrays her voice not to make it sound so young maybe it sound like it's like it's been around a little bit or like right hasn't you know i i I got you granted i do like season one better but this was good and it was easy to follow it was it was quick it did feel quicker that's what i enjoyed about it I kind of want it more as far as if we're talking about like opportunities for improvement. I actually want it since they got rid of heaven. I'm like, does that mean all the characters that were in heaven got nuked as well? Because there were some excellent characters that I would love to send like make an appearance again. Like Moss Man, I, I was like, I could go without, but I was like, I wanted to see the other human. The like the, well, Grace uh, the, Call got taken out too. Yeah. So that means if she resurrected the dead. That means that 
Grayskull and the others resurrected the underworld, not the heaven. Like she, it's like resurrecting oh. hell versus heaven. So Orko was in hell. Yeah, because remember he uh, he sealed the gate by, uh, behind himself fighting Skullglow. You're Skull right. Glow. You're right. And forget that badass moment. It was a good moment. So there was some things that I was like, I would have loved to see. <clears throat> I, overall, I think it was a, a good moment uh, mm-hmm. as a whole. Personally, I would tell anybody watching this, definitely parts one and two, just watch them together. I honestly wouldn't even consider considering this like season one and two. I would just say parts one and two is one full season to me. Let's go to our reviews. Let's okay. go to our reviews, our grading. Because for me, if is untouched or unedited, multi fun for just part two or like in conjunction both, both together okay uh, either one really because you can watch this since you can watch this in less than two two and a half hours which is like an average movie true but if they did an a re-edit and put season one and two together and make it one film ready for purchase Ooh. okay each episode does have a nice flow from one into the next and the time will be also shorter granted it'll probably be a four-hour movie but I'm okay with that because it. Okay. You? Uh, it, well, if we're going to seal a deal with the parts one and two together, I would say it's a multi fun for sure. Especially for if you're a He Man fan and you had problems with part one because it was almost no He Man, part two fills in that gap. You do get that He Man flavor that you were missing in part one. So putting them together mm-hmm. and considering it as one season. That is accomplishing the goal. Definitely more mature than what your, our kid version was when we were growing up in a lot of aspects, right. but it feeds that need. Good. That being said, and that was a good point to go to segue into the next thing. Pretty much as soon as season one of Master of the Universe, Kevin Smith's Master of the Universe, Netflix released He-Man and the Master of the Universe. When that came out, I remember I text you and it's like, have you seen this? I was like, yeah, we did a review on it. I was like, no, bro. Netflix released a new series called He-Man and the Master Universe. So let's talk about that in three, two, now. All right. So I saw the first season. You did not, even though I told you to check it out to get your take on it. Yep. Um, I, did, I, I didn't even see any clips to it. And honestly, when he sent me this image, I'm like, why are you sending me an image of a video game? The animation reminds me of the Jack Black video game Oh, uh, the barbarian rock star one. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. It's the only Jack Black video game. If anybody looks it up, that's the only one that exists. Brutal legend. Yeah. He, he does look like brutal legend. When I saw this, yes, I was confused. Why would Netflix do this? Why would it's they invest in two projects of the universe? Granted, this is a little different in a way that this is He-Man in the master universe. And there was Kevin Smith's, master universe but mm-hmm. same characters different animation different storyline it's for the children you're on the nose on that and also i had to ch- make my head go into a multi-universe version because mm. okay. kevin smith's feels like a sequel to the original this is for kids it retells the story man of arms and tila are not father and daughter oh cringer yeah. is a badass from the get without being transformed. Okay. He's he's called Cringer, but he's not scared. He's like Prince Adam's Body guardian. Card. Well, the thing is different here, like real quick, I know you haven't seen it, but it, it has a touch of Lion King, has a touch of Power Rangers, Ultron, 
all that stuff where five become one. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are so, there giant robots too? I can't remember right now because it's been a while since I did see it because it was, again, it was around the same time of, of season one of Kevin Smith's Master Universe. Mm-hmm. But when I was watching it, I was hating it at first. And then I was like, let me look at it with brand new eyes. And I started enjoying it because I was starting to, I understood that this is for kids, for younger generation. Kevin Smith's Master Universe is for our generation, more adult friendly. Okay. He-Man here has the ability to share his power, just like in Shazam. Well, he did it in the, in the Kevin Smith's version too. Yeah, but not as like here. It was like pretty much from the get almost that oh. everyone had a power. And then now it became a team. Later on, like first they had to have him start it off and say the words for everyone to transform. And then it became part where each individual can say the phrase and they turn on their own. They didn't need him. Gotcha. Similar to what we saw here with the Kevin Smith series, but also we, with Shazam, like they can change and transform with saying that word. Yeah, they get that's touched. exactly like Shazam because like uh, like uh, Mary Marvel at first needed him and then eventually she was able to transform on her own. They all had their moves. Looking at this image, I mean, like right, right here, I can tell the like the sorceress is behind you to He-Man's left. Who is this little girl? She's a speedster. I think that's, T- I want to say that's Tila, and I can be totally wrong. And what about this guy um, with the hammer? Man of arms. That makes sense. Now, I mean, like, it makes sense because he had big shoulders. And, like, I don't know if it's on both sides, but one arm does. But now Tila the speedster. I, I don't know. I, I want to say that could be definitely wrong. And they changed the emblem of He-Man to the sword on his chest. Right, and the sword is like it's like two bla- two swords in one, two blades in one. Yeah, which so, plays into the myth- mythos. Of- I'm forgetting all the um, characters. I'm free. So yeah, because there's five of them. But let me see who I'm, I'm covering. I'm covering you only have Cringer. Cringer's part of it. Cringer yeah. is part of the of the five. Okay, so there's so, Cringer, the sorceress. It is Tila mm-hmm. and and Man at Arms. But the the interesting thing is, like, in the original series, uh, the sorceress is like, I'm a spectator. Here, it looks like she is not a spectator. And the thing is, like, Tila has... No, it's not Tila. Tila is the sorceress because Tila has powers. She's a magician. So they did have an Orko. Orko's a robot. Like I said, it's similar to the Lion King because Skeletor is actually his uncle. I think they made that in, the, in like not the original series, but in the remake that they did along. No, in the in the cartoon. Remember, there was a cartoon before the Kevin Smith one that they tried oh, to several read. cartoons, right? Mm-hmm. Probably, but one of them is like uh, they did like the origin of Skeletor, and it was it turned mm-hmm. out to be his uncle. Well, I they used it here because I didn't know that. I didn't see that animation series, and that Prince Adam had amnesia. Yeah, because his the uncle really tried to like kill him. He was trying to be the next on the throne because he wanted to take. Yeah, he wanted to be next on the throne. He knew that Adam was next; that he will still be prince. So he got uh-huh. rid of Prince Adam, or tried to. And it happened, and he was raised by Cringer. Oh, that is, really is like the Lion King, or Dares, like right, like or, or, like, or maybe uh, Jungle Book. Exactly, very Disney, but it is actually pretty good. I would suggest to watch it uh, if you get over the change of where everyone that were adults that we knew are now all kids or teenagers. I mean, and yeah, that's, shows that's like, like when I watched Voltron, 
they're all teenagers uh, when Netflix redid that one. Well, that's another great series that that series was way be better than it should have been for many yes. reasons. They show how Trap Jaw becomes Drap Jaw, which is kind of funny. How he lost his jaw. Yeah, and it just builds up. It just builds up, builds up, builds up. And how Beast Man becomes Beast Man, and how Eva Lynn becomes even more evil. And then when Skeletor becomes Skeletor, he gives his minion their powers. And they become full force. They're all related to the power of Grayskull. Where in the original and Kevin Smith's series, they were already were like that. Mm. So I would definitely say for kids and for adults, this is actually relatively good to watch. I would definitely pick the Kevin Smith version, but this is a good multi-universe elseworld readaption of the lore. So what about the action though? Like um, more kid friendly, it was more kid friendly, but it was not like tinge, uh, teenage ninja turtle kid friendly in the cartoons, where they'll hit someone in the ankle and that that fighter or villain will yeah. run away off screen because they got hit in the ankle. Okay, so like, have you ever seen the Guillermo del Toro series, either Three Below or uh, Troll Hunter? No. I meant to see those. Those, they're you could tell they're meant for kids, younger audience, but. They have, I are, I dare say they have some really good action sequences. Yeah, I, I mean, I, mean I'll, I would check this out because they're both on, all, all of them are on Netflix. I would check yeah. this out just to compare between those. Mm-hmm. If you get a chance, check those out. I'll check this out. We can compare mm-hmm. notes and that will be real interesting. Qu- real quick. What is funny though, that they all have a special ability, mm-hmm. right? Just think like. Shazam's family. Well, no, no, yes. But what I'm saying is, is like, you know how you play a fighting game like Street Fighter and you put a certain combo and they do that combo. Right? Yeah. And if you do like a supercharged one, because a really crazy animation feat. Yeah. When He-Man has his move, it all starts, to, does the whole sequence before he lays it down. Same thing for Cringer, for Man of Arms, uh, and also Man of Arms in this one is the comic relief. The complete opposite of what he was. Yes. Orko somewhat but he's more of a robot he's like the c3po he's like he just kind of stumbles over right. his words or something like that no but orgo stands for something yeah it's an anagram and and then so, where in the original storyline or at least kevin smith's uh, storyline orgo is short for oracle where right. here it's like just his code yeah. for him as a robot exactly i want to say the girl the speedster is his best friend he-Man's best friend. That might be Tila. And Tila. And Tila. No, no, it's not Tila. Tila is the one that has to find him. Like her journey is to find him, to bring him the sword. Maybe it's his cousin, Shira. I forget what Shira's real name was. The speedster? No, and uh, no. Shira. The... No, no, no. I'm talking about the speedster. That's Because they have a speedster in, in this group, in this Justice League. There's only one season right now. And 10 episodes for the first season. But most likely it'll be another season coming out since the second season of Master of the Universe just came out. Most likely this will come out in probably two weeks or so, the time of this recording. Mm. But I do recommend this to you to get a feel for the point of view or for kids under 10, definitely multi-watch. Um, kids over 10, maybe if you like it, if you like this kind of animation, if you like this kind of story, if you like the, the power of five or a team of five becoming one, sure. And I'll probably rewatch this myself just to get refamiliar since it's been a while and and see how season two comes. Uh, you know what? I'm willing to watch this and I'm interested in your opinion about Troll Hunters and at the very least Troll Hunter. Uh, okay. Because that goes on. 
a couple of seasons, three below spins off of it and they actually their storylines tie in together which came first troll hunter okay i do think i started watching it i was like "Eh." Mm -hmm. and it's by uh, guillermo del toro i did start watching it okay yeah yeah and he oh did i watch it it's with it's voiced by the guy from uh star trek that passed away and the bully was uh uh, was uh glenn from walking dead yeah he does a lot of voice work yeah he does but he's actually really good at it Uh, it's pretty funny in invincible he's in voltron as we Mm -hmm. mentioned earlier and fraser kelsey grammar's in this yeah he's one of the trolls (laughs) oh wow all right i gotta definitely not check it out i'm feeling i did see this because you're saying Toro, he produced it. And Three Below. And he, I think, surprisingly, he's done a couple kid-friendly stuff. And not just that, but like he has mm-hmm. a lot of projects on his, under his belt. Like, I was a big fan of his uh, watching uh, The Strain. That was also oh, his. Yeah, right. and, I, and I got yeah. some of his graphic novels based on that show. Well, the show is based on the graphic novel, but either way. Like, right. We're getting sidetracked. I'll check yeah. this out. I'm intrigued. And I'll, check, and I'll check out Troll Hunters. All right, guys. That is it for us today. Thank you so much for joining us. If you have any questions of a series or a movie you would like us to review, please comment below. Also, if you did catch Kevin Smith's Master Universe or He-Man and Master Universe both running on Netflix, let us know what you think. Which series did you like better or more? Until next time, we'll be the next time. I'm Angel. I'm Adon. Love you, bro. Love you.